Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, this is Ethan Linden, and today we are studying Eruvin Daf Lamet, page 30. And uh, on this page, we are still engaged with the Mishnah that opened up the third parak of Eruvin, that Mishnah which was back on uh, page 26. And uh, the Mishnah was talking there about the creation of an Eruv for the Tchum of Shabbat, a uh, creation of an Eruv that is, as we talked about just a couple days ago, this proxy location for us as Shabbat comes in. And what we're supposed to do is we put a, a certain amount of food in that location, and that location where the food is becomes our location as Shabbat comes in. No matter where we actually are when Shabbat begins, our proxy location is where the food is, and therefore our limitations for travel on Shabbat are calculated from where the Eruv is, from where the food is, not from where we actually are. And what the Mishnah uh, tells us there is that if you're going to make an Eruv, you can ma'arvin nazir bayayin ul Yisrael batruma. What's interesting about that is that the Mishnah says that a nazir can make a Eruv of this sort using wine, and a Israelite can make an Eruv of this sort using Truma. And what's interesting about that is that a Nazir has vowed not to partake of wine, and an Israelite, being an Israelite, is prohibited from partaking of Truma, which is a tithe that belongs to the priests. So the Mishnah makes it seem as though one can make an Eruv with a foodstuff which one is prohibited from consuming, which is very interesting. A couple of days ago, you may remember that we talked about there's this debate over whether or not certain types of plants, which aren't food in some places but are food in others, can be used for an Eruv, and the Gemara debates that question. But here, the Mishnah seems pretty clear that there are certain types of foodstuffs, like wine for a Nazir, or Truma, this tithe, for an Israelite, which though the individual himself or herself is prohibited from consuming, they are nonetheless efficacious for the making of an Eruv, which is a very interesting sort of principle. And it turns out that this principle, though stated anonymously and without debate in the Mishnah, is not in fact uncontroversial. Our Gemara today tells us that Beit Shammai disagrees. Beit Shammai, in fact, rules that an Eruv for a Nazir cannot use wine, and an Eruv for an Israelite cannot use Truma. But of course, as we know, Beit Shammai is the Washington Generals to Beit Hillel's Harlem Globetrotters. And just like the Washington Generals, which, if Wikipedia is correct, won only one game, against the Harlem Globetrotters in 1971. Beit Shammai doesn't get to win very often. 
But it's interesting to note what Beit Shammai's objection really is. Beit Shammai's objection seems to be deeper than just a question of can a Nazir or an Israelite eat truma, Because later on in the page, it is the case that, at least according to one sage, the sage Hananiah, Beit Shammai's position on Eruv is actually quite strict. And it is that an Eruv needs to be made not just with food, but also with things. One has to, according to Hananiah, Beit Shammai believes that one has to actually bring out items that he would use or she would use to rest on the Sabbath. That is, to create this proxy location for ourselves before Shabbat, it's not enough just to have food. And according to Beit Shammai, it's not enough just to have food that we could, in theory, consume. In fact, we need to have created for ourselves in that place the sort of situation that looks like we could actually rest there. That is, it's not, according to Beit Shammai, a question of setting up a symbolic location with a little bit of food, but it's, in fact, about setting up an actual place that we could be resting on Shabbat. And this is a very interesting debate that Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai are having, at least if Hananiah is right about Beit Shammai's position. Because in many ways, this gets us to the larger question that we often think of when we talk about Eruv in our communities, and that is, of course, the Eruv that we string up around our neighborhoods to allow us to carry on the Sabbath. And if one has ever taken a tour of one of these Eruvs, you know that much of it is made up of telephone wires and other natural barriers. And there's much halakha about this, and I don't want to minimize that halakha. But at the end of the day, what we are essentially saying is that we have created for ourselves a wall with some entrances and allowed, therefore, the carrying of items in a location, a specifically a karmelit, which is not exactly a Rishut Rabim, not exactly a fully public space, but also not a private space. And a Carmelite, according to the rabbis, is a place that we are prohibited to carry on the Sabbath. And yet the Eruv changes the status of a Carmelite and allows us to do so. But it is, in some sense, a legal fiction. Just like, thinking back to Passover, many of us, sell our chametz, sell the products that we're not allowed to possess over Passover to a non-Jewish person. But in reality, I think we all understand that that sale constitutes, in some sense, a legal fiction. And the question that we should ask ourselves, and the question that Beit Shammai really pushes us to, even if in the end we don't agree with his position, the question really is, how much of our ritual life how much of our observance of the commandments should be governed by the creation of these legally fictitious acts? Beit Shammai says that we can't set up an Eruv with food that we couldn't eat. Beit Shammai says we can't really set up a place that's presumably our place if there's nothing there that makes it ours. And he takes that idea seriously. And I'm not advocating that we should stop selling our chametz on Pesach 
or that we should stop holding by Eruv in our communities. But I think it's worth considering the challenge that Beit Shammai brings here. And that challenge is that at a certain point, if we're making too many workarounds, if we're creating too many legal fictions, perhaps we begin to lose the sanctity of the holidays, the blessing of the tradition, and of course, the burden of the commandments. I thank you very much, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.